Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Friday, October 1st, 1st, 1st. In this episode, Cristiano and Messi and a Champions League Roundup, we preview Liverpool versus City and the rest of Match Week 7. But first, everybody, Mike and Jessica are getting married today. They're getting married today. Today's the day. So uh, in honor of Mike and Jess, uh, I decided to do the show. I'm in New York. I'm in my mom's uh, study and office. So if there's a little bit of an echo, that's because of that. that is. And I want to sort of give a little shout out to Mike. He came and did this show with me. Um, I appreciate his super duper passionate sports fandom. Uh, I know Jess a little bit. The one time I saw her, uh, would just I think she just thinks I'm some crazy guy. But uh, she was in San Diego. Mike was drunk. It was during the MLB All-Star Game. That was strange. Uh, the guys were still at tops and, and acting weird. And Mike has just been very po- a positive influence on the show, trying to make it better, holding us to higher standards. And I think, you know, this last week, we, we, a, little, a little milestone for us. We got ranked, you know, number 180 in the uh, sport podcast world. It doesn't mean anything, but it means a lot to us because we're putting a lot of work in. And that's a dedication to Mike and Jess for letting him do these two hours a week where he hangs out with me. And the same to, to Lisa and Aveline who do that for us as well. So uh, it means a lot, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, I'll see you at the wedding. Uh, I will be there on Long Island to toast Mr. Mike. But let's get to the football, and I'll leave Mike there the whole time. Um, So we had a Champions League week. Um, We didn't talk about it on Monday because things are coming in so fast and furious. Um, This week, our Premier League friends, um, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, played their second match of the uh, Champions League. City had won. Manchester United were coming off a loss, Chelsea off a win, and Liverpool off a win as well. And this week we had drama. So we'll start with United, who played uh, Unai Good Evening Emery's Villarreal. Unai Emery is a good coach. He just wasn't the right coach for Arsenal. And Villarreal did already beat Manchester United in the Europa League final. and. This was more of the same, except this time at Old Trafford, Villarreal pounded United. Dan Juma, uh, formerly of Bournemouth, so this is a championship player playing in the Champions League. He tortured um, Luke Shaw's fill-in and was able to get to the byline over and over again. He could have had a hat trick in the first half. XG says this. Uh, Villarreal had a three and a half. They missed chance after chance after chance after chance, especially in the first half. United were all over the shop. Uh, granted, they had injuries. That's fine. David De Gea held United in this game. This was a disaster class by Ole and a master class by Emery. Emery is a good coach, and and Ole is not. Uh, we keep saying it. They have no pattern of play. They don't have a way to break teams down. They're just waiting for magic to happen. And in this case, it did. So 
Villarreal went up first. Then I believe uh, I've just got to I'm just going to double check these games just to make sure I know what's going on. Um, I'm going to double check the stats while I check this out. So, right. Paco Alcacer scores a goal. He had had three chances before. Villarreal go up early in the second half. Then on a... About seven minutes later... I mean, listen, United pushed. And about seven minutes later, Alex Tellas, also filling in for Juan Bissaka, who had had a red from the previous game, he hits a worldy goal on a, on a volley, volleyed cross from, from Fernandez. That goes in. Then it just sort of sits in the game's poise. Villarreal are defending everything that comes their way. They had their goal. They're going to go to Old Trafford, get their draw, and be good with it. But there's that name again. Cristiano Ronaldo comes up with a 95th-minute winner uh, on a ball into Lindegaard, who holds on to it, pushes it back to Ronaldo, and a little bit of a calamitous play on the defense by by Villarreal, and they and and United get bailed out. Ole is the luckiest motherfucker on the planet. Not that he's going to be fired, but he is lucky. He does not coach this team. That's a fact. There's a billion dollars of players on this team, and with a billion dollars, you get a lot of skill. And they do come through for him. I will say this for Ole. The players love him. The owners love him. He has the backing of the ownership because he's quiet and demure and doesn't ask for more. He doesn't have a big personality. The owners can just go, oh, Ole's at the wheel. We don't have to worry. This is a perfect sort of American-style coach. You don't get in American sports the idea of a coach who hammers his GM because if you hammer your GM, you get fired. Um, You don't get friction within front offices. Whereas when City, when United had Mourinho and Van Gaal, they would sort of say, hey, you guys don't know what you're doing. I need better players. I'm the personality here. I'm the one who should be coach and GM. So Ole is less about getting players and being in control of, of getting players. And he doesn't throw Woodward under the bus. He's, he's glad to be there. He has the fans on side. He's able to keep doing what he's doing without really worrying about people firing him. He'd have to really lose a lot of games to uh, to be fired. And I think, frankly, the team is too good to go on a bad enough run that he will be fired. But there's no way this team's winning a league. None. Zero. There's, United are not winning anything. Not with Ole. Never a chance. Never. Now, does that mean they won't beat City? They won't beat Liverpool? They play up to big games. But when they play Southampton, when they play Everton, they're going to drop points. In fact, one of my betting goals here is when a better coach who is an iconoclast goes against Ole, take that team because he will be outcoached. Okay. The other results were ho-hum. I know, like, I keep thinking about City a lot. Uh, City played PSG at the Parc de Prance. They gave up an early goal to uh, Adrisa Gay. Uh, so they were down a goal, and that allowed for PSG to sit deep and soak up pressure. City were very good. They were doing their thing. They put 20 shots on goal, 10 on target. They did all the stuff, but 
They didn't finish. Uh, Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva in the same motion both hit the post. Uh, Bernardo Silva's was how he hit the post was incredible. And then at late in the second half, at around the 65th minute, 70th minute, um, Messi picks up the ball, runs halfway across the field. Uh, City were pushing. Does a 1-2 with Mbappe, who lays it off to him at the edge of the box. And one touch, boom, top bins. Classic Messi. <laughs> Just could Laporte have been tighter? Maybe. But, you know, City lose to PSG. No harm in losing to PSG. No harm in losing to Messi, Mbappe, Neymar. PSG still are going to have a problem when because they have three players who don't defend. But Verratti and Gay and Herrera ran for the three who didn't. And so I think they'll be okay. But this was a tough loss. I mean, I'm not that bent out of shape about it because I thought fundamentally City played really well. Uh, it was Sterling through the middle with Foden. Sorry. Sterling through the middle with... Um, God, I'm spacing out. Sterling through the middle with Mares and Grealish, De Bruyne and Silva in the midfield uh, with Rodri, who played well again. Uh, the defense was the Cancelo at left back, Walker, Diaz, Laporte. So we've got this sort of standard group going on. City huffed and puffed and couldn't put a goal in. So the narrative will continue. City need a striker, City need a striker, City need a striker. Yes, they need a striker. Would it be better to have one? Yes. I think it's a, it's a context thing. City have a lot of great players that allow them to play in amazing ways that other teams don't. Those big, bulky strikers have personality and want the ball and want to be the focal point of the offense. And the way that City play with their essentially five attacking midfielders who are interchangeable, it allows them to do the things that they want to do. Like there's very hard pressing as a five or there's very hard, everyone has a turn. They might be a team that has 10, that has six guys with over 10 goals or 15 goals each from a front line of four or five. So it allows them to do certain things, but I think, you know, you lose that focal point and um, it's like Pep's dream. You know, City are great and, they could win without it, but it, it is tough. It does make it more difficult. You kind of have to break the narrative in your head of there being a main man, of there being a, uh, an Henri, an Aguero, a Zlatan, a Cristiano, a Messi. It, it breaks your brain a little bit to have a bunch of Phil Foden's in, in the front. So uh, I expect City to be okay, but, you know... We have Liverpool on Sunday. Uh, that's a big one. That's a huge one. That is troublesome. And after City dispatched of Chelsea, we seem to put the hoodoo on them. So Chelsea were also in action in the Champions League. They had Juve, fine. But the English teams at this point are the best teams in Europe, especially with COVID. Juve's down. They lost Ronaldo. Real's down. We'll cover them in a minute. And Barca is just awful right now. So the best teams in the world are literally the top four in England. So uh, Chelsea lost 1-0 to 
uh, Juve away, which is fine, on a wonderful Chiesa goal. We remember him from the Euros. He scored right at the kickoff of the second half. Really good finish. And they couldn't break they couldn't break Juve down. Juve went back to the old Juve way. Bonucci just killed Lukaku. Uh, really good defending. And Chelsea, without Mason Mount, are not creating enough. They are very much a front foot team. They get their goal and they'll shut you down. But when they have to push for a goal, they lack a little bit of creativity uh, in the team. So that is a worry for them. Uh, they're lacking that midfield creator because Mason Mount's been out. Mason Mount has been that sort of link between defense and uh, and attack. And uh, Lukaku's not had one good chance and he missed it. And so he would have gotten a draw. But that's Europe. Europe's like that. Liverpool cruise against Porto. They're, they're probably the best team in Europe so far. Uh, and then we do have to talk about Sheriff Trasmabor versus Real. I know it's out of our scope, but basically a team that is, there's a FIFA ranking system of every club in the world. And Trasnabor Sheriff are the 200th ranked team in the world. Right near like some Mexican teams and a championship team in England. They made it to the Champions League, so good on them. They win in the Santiago Bernabeu against Real on a worldy and luck. But the guys, they get their win. It's an amazing story. I don't think Real are worried. They actually played really well. They just couldn't get the goal ball past, uh, past the goalkeeper for Trezna, for Treznapore in Moldova. I don't even know where Moldova is, to be frank. But Sheriff, there's a new Sheriff in town, and they took on Real. And it's cool. So this is one of... One of these moments and inflection points that I like to talk about, especially with Mike, is just like, and one of the reasons you don't want the Super League is things like Trasnaport. Does it matter in the greater scheme of Real Madrid making a round of 16? No. But for that team and those small teams and those teams that earn their way into the Champions League, that team is on the map. That team lives in its history. This win at the Santiago Bernabeu for a team from Moldova will be lauded and be a game that every fan of that team says they were there. Uh, The Trill goal outside of the boot to win it was an incredible goal. That guy has a moment for his life. So it, it has a Cinderella story aspect to it every year that the Super League is trying to get rid of. Um, So it is kind of a shame that we don't laud this thing, but it was amazing and it was incredible and it was a great game. And I did watch it, but I mean, Real Madrid have nothing to be ashamed of. They just couldn't finish shots. They must've taken 25 or 30 shots and the goalkeeper for Sheriff was incredible. So there's that. So Liverpool win, City lose, United almost lose. Their coach is terrible. And Chelsea drop points. Tuchel's got to be worried. Can he get his team back on side and get back being creative? Um, But before we do that, I've got to talk about our friend Joe, who's helped Mike tremendously during his time of getting ready to get married and me setting up things for uh, Aveline. Joe at Attitude of Gratitude Consulting will help you with your finances will help you take care of whatever you need to take care of and will help Mike and Jess pay for their wedding 
Uh, that's them uh, at Spurs and Tottenham trying to make it when they got engaged. So we just are so grateful to Joe at Attitude of Gratitude Consulting. And um, cheers to him for being such a kind guy and making sure that, you know, people are getting help that need help, especially with like little things, bills, recurring bills, things like TV things. And how do you shave $10 a month off a bill that saves you $100 so that you can send your kid to a soccer camp that, that's relatively inexpensive? Those kinds of things are what Joe really specializes in. So thanks, Joe. Uh, check him out at www.attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com. And we get on to match week seven of the Premier League. Now, we have a heavyweight bout. This is, so Liverpool v. City on Sunday at Anfield. Um, I listened to the Blue Moon podcast today, and um, the guys on there were not too despondent. They were happy about Chelsea, sad about PSG. But there was a Liverpool writer on the show, so they got the opposition view. And the Liverpool writer was very magnanimous and said something really fascinating about this game that really struck with me, and it was this. Liverpool Manchester United Manchester City is a game between the two best teams in the world. We should appreciate and love that these two incredible teams that have played at 95 point levels over the they've traded championships there was one season where they overlapped and won, and City won by 1 point. City got the Centurion season then there was the, the double that they did, the 98-point season. And then last season, then the season before last, Liverpool had their 90-point season. Then City uh, took the title back in the COVID year. And Liverpool really just got hurt and weren't able to do it. But we should appreciate that this game, these Liverpool-Manchester City games, are the highest levels of football you can watch. With the two best coaches in the world, between Klopp and Pep. And it made it, made it, now I'll be upset and I get upset at Liverpool, but it made me appreciate and feel great about this game and appreciate what I'm able to watch uh, in City playing Liverpool. And I'm going to try not to get upset about it when uh, there's an early goal, when City goes down, and just appreciate that this is the best game you can watch and that anyone who's just getting into football should watch this game. Liverpool City at Anfield. The crowd will be insane. Uh, you're on display, some of the greatest players in the world with the two greatest coaches in the world. So watch it. I hope City win. We never win at Anfield. It's been decades. Even though we won last season, there was no fans. It doesn't count. The 4-1 uh, game that was one of the moments of the season, effectively ending the season, ending the title charge for for um, for for Liverpool, and effectively putting City in the driver's seat, and they just went on crushed the rest of the league. But this is the first game where they're both relatively at full strength. I don't think uh, there's too many injuries for either side. Gundogan on City side, and then poor Harvey Elliott on on Liverpool's side. But the defense. Is there all of uh, Liverpool's defenders are there? Allison's there. There may be a question on Trent Alexander-Arnold. That was the one worry that's out there. But I expect if he can play, he will play. And then um, City just 
I mean, have so many players, who knows who they'll play. It'll just be a rotation of billions of people. Uh, and we'll see two teams that really want to press high, two teams that can score. Uh, I do tip Liverpool because they're at home and Mo Salah is incredible. And he's in the best form he's been in. So I would expect Liverpool to pull this one out. But if it's not crooked, hopefully it's a draw and I can go home without uh, being in the face. But this is the game you should watch. And uh, I'm in New York and I expect I'll go run around and find a place uh, to watch this game. And I just want to appreciate the three years that Liverpool and um, City have given us. They've been the best teams in the world with the best coaches. And I recommend people go check this game out. Uh, the next biggest game or game I want to talk about is I'm curious about United versus Everton. Uh, it, I want to test my theory that when an iconoclastic coach like Rafa Benitez comes up against a bozo coach like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the same way that Unai Emery has been clowning uh, Solskjaer, I think that Everton can go to Anfield, to, to Old Trafford, and get a result. In fact, I'm going to bet on it. It is a long shot. It's a plus, plus 625, so $10 gets me 60, 62 on a bet. I just don't believe in Ole. And I don't believe, uh, I think that Alan and Decore will dominate the midfield against, against McTominay and Fred, or Pogba, or whatever. And if Dominic Calvert-Lewin or Rondon is around, they can bully their way in and get their goal and sit on it and see what happens. Uh, I don't know if this will happen. It is a long shot. The betters say that. But I just, after seeing what I've seen from United, they're a catastrophe. But, hey, Cristiano could do something. They have better players. Like, there's no doubt that United have better players. This is a bet on Benitez and against Ole. So I won it with... Um, with Aston Villa last week, I'm going to ride it because uh, I'm on a hot one. So my long shots have been hitting. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but I am curious about that because I just think I'm going to run this sort of idea back. Better coaching against, especially in a deep block, United have no way to win. Um, Arsenal versus Brighton. I like this game. Um, I love Brighton. We know that I love Brighton. Um This is a test for Arteta. Was the North London Derby real for Arsenal? Or were Spurs awful? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Potter is a better coach. This is evenly matched. Uh, I think I haven't liked what I've seen from Brighton this year, to be frank. And if Eve Basuma is not playing, I tip Arsenal to win this game. I know five weeks ago, this was a game I thought that Arteta had to have or he might be fired. But after stringing the three wins in a row, we had talked about them getting 12 from five or something along those lines, around two points per game. And they're they're over that now. So they've got some wiggle room here before the international break. They should beat Brighton. They should. But... I love Graham Potter. So I'm interested in this game. This is a tough game for me to call. Uh, ben White returning to his former club. Uh, Duncan Duffy will try and bully their way in and get a goal. Brighton have not been as fluid. They do need Basuma, and we'll see what happens there. 
this is a refer another referendum game for Arteta. A loss changes the narrative to, oh, same old Arsenal. A win says they're really kicking on. And I think this is about performance. If Arsenal can perform well and play fast and look like they're going to score, I think this game makes a difference for Arteta. And then um, for, for Brighton, it's about, can they are they real? If they can take another scalp, if they can take Arsenal out, then it says, okay, they are a real top half team. This is a battle of two mid-table teams, frankly. And we'll see where they end up. They're, they're, strangely, it's tough to say, but Arsenal-Brighton is an even matchup. So uh, I, I hope that my boys in blue will, will take out Arsenal, will take out our, uh, 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 Brighton. And then, sadly... I have to talk about Spurs Aston Villa. This is a real not in the face game. Um, really, our Spurs were so so terrible in the North London derby, and this is a referendum on Nuno. I know they won in in the in the conference championship, but the betting line has. Tottenham at plus 115 and Villa as an underdog at plus 225, at plus 250. The draw is the same as the win for Villa. Villa's better. They got a better coach. They got better players. Aside from Son and Kane, are they really that much better than Ings and Watkins and McGinn and Buendia and Konza and Mings and Target? No. I would rather have Villa's squad. I I take Villa to pip this game and go in and take this from from Spurs. No problem. No problem at all. Especially if they play the three at the back system they have been playing. Go and attack them, Dean Smith. I'm sorry, Mike. I know you're getting married tomorrow, but Villa's taking this fucking game. And then uh, last but not least, the game that I'm most interested in about, a London derby, East versus West. Brentford versus West Ham. West Ham flying, winning in Europe against Slavia Prague. All the players uh, pulling together. They just have such a strong, cohesive unit right now. I really love West Ham. Ben Rama, we tipped at the beginning of the season, is playing well. And then, of course, we have Brentford. This should be a real barn burner, a game to review. Might be a nil-nil, but it'll be a fighting nil-nil because um, Brentford's so strong, so fun. So much on the line for them after they had the amazing game versus Liverpool. Uh, and then, like I said, this is Thursday, Sunday. So what West Ham you get is a question. Uh, West Ham did play their big boys uh, in, the, in the Europa League. And, and Brentford might be up for a letdown. But this is also evenly matched. Good coaching. The Premier League is so good right now. It's just like Mike and I are over the moon in that. We can cover these games, cover this league, and grow with everyone as we're doing it. It's, um, it's really a privilege to jump into this sport that we love and, uh, and kick on. Um, it's really an amazing time. I think like football is at, weirdly, it's in a transition state. But the Premier League, because of the damage to the other leagues, is in a very strange opportunity in that it's relatively healthy. 
The English, as much as people hate Boris Johnson, did really well on COVID. They got the they got the um, they got the Delta variant early. Now, granted, there's a lot of political problems in England. The Premier League is not one of them. So right now, the money in the Premier League is far outstripping the rest of the leagues. You've got Barcelona, who I didn't even talk about, got the doors blown off them by Porto. They're a mess. Uh, Real Madrid are old and don't have money. Juve don't have money. All the teams in Europe, aside from Bayern, are falling apart. And the Premier League with City, with Chelsea, with Liverpool, with United, with upstarts like Aston Villa being ambitious and Leicester being ambitious, although they've probably taken a step back, and West Ham with Moyes being super hyper-competitive, and Spurs and Arsenal trying to grab the grab a grab their way back up the rung as these other upstart teams are in the way. There's just so much drama, so many good teams. We've got amazing coaches. We've got Brentford coming up and being world beaters. We've got my friends at Brighton with with Graham Potter having a great coach. Dean Smith, again, I spoke about Aston Villa. The league is in such good hands. It's getting to the point where it's almost a shame that some teams have to go down. Uh, We know... Norwich and Burnley are probably going to be tipped for it. And we've got Steve Bruce at Newcastle, who's a little bit weak, and Watford, whatever. Uh, I do have a, a tip when, I, when we get to the betting section. But um, the league is in really great shape. And Mike and I are going to ride the wave. And hopefully uh, you guys will come along with us and watch as much football as we do. Well, you don't have to watch as much. You can listen to what we take. So thank you, listeners and watchers. Uh, I do have a couple games that I want to talk about because they're on my betting line. So going to best bets. Bum, bum, bum. Um, so I've got Aston Villa money line. This is for them to win plus 250. I've got Wolves Newcastle draw at, at plus 315. They have drawn their last four games at 1-1. So... Why not go for the draw again? Plus 315. Not bad. Not bad. I put 10 down. I win 31. And then I took, had to take Everton money line to win at Old Trafford at plus 625. I put my $10 down. I win 62. Win $62. If I put on 100, I would have won 600. That's where you get the plus. It's based on $100 bets. So I'm not going to touch that, but I do like it. And then I have a parlay. Uh, these are my favorites for the week. Um, Burnley to win against Norwich. Chelsea to beat Southampton. And Leeds to finally get their win. Leeds are playing... Um, Leeds are desperate for a win. Leeds are playing Watford. They're minus 130. Um, they're minus 130 which means on a $100 bet you win 76 so you take 100 you take you know that that percentage away from your bet so uh, I'm not a fan of taking those these minus numbers I like to to get some money extra uh, I like to get the plus on it so uh, I like leads there as a as a parlay to see if I can get these favorites to win. So I'm going to grab Chelsea minus 250, Leeds minus 130, 
and Burnley at home. So these are all home favorites. Going to bundle them together, see if I can't win 30 bucks on that just to pick up some extra games and balance out my um, my Moneyline Everton game. I feel really confident about the Wolves-Newcastle draw, and I do feel really confident. Like My lock bet is Villa beating Spurs. I just can't see the way Spurs are playing. This is a referendum on Nuno. They're the lowest shot. Like this isn't a joke. Spurs are actually terrible. They are the low. They have the least shots of any team in the league. They have the least goal shot creation in the league. They are bad, and I think part of it is psychological. Harry Kane is a slow starter, and he got a slow start to the season. That on top of the psychological effect of, hey, our best player really doesn't want to be here. Then the other pieces, you've got a coach who's like the seventh choice, who is not a Spursian coach. Spurs are historically a attacking front foot team. They loved what Pochettino did. And Nuno is not. He's just a shit Jose Mourinho. And while he might be a nice guy and soft-spoken, there's nothing that says he's coaching this team or that the players believe in his message. So I'm going to go with Dean Smith and Villa away to rack up two wins in a row, first taking on, first beating United and then taking on Spurs because Spurs are frankly worse than they are. And I think Villa can get this game. Um, I really, really do. Anyway, Mike's not around. I will see him later on today. And uh, again, one last time for the kids at home. Look at Mike and Jess. Look at them. They're beauties. Uh, and we'll see you later on. And uh, I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, I think I figured out that Mike accounts for about 20 minutes of show. Because whenever I do the show by myself, I have a hard time getting over a half an hour. But uh, when Mike's on the show, we get to about 50 to 55 minutes. Um, I don't think I could do a Hitler speech. He would talk for three hours. Uh, I have listened to some of those speeches uh, in the Reichstag. Um, they're really long. I don't know how he did it. So that was my that was my Hitler reference for the day. And Mike, I love you. And Jess, you have a problem on your hands. But first, that was the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with married Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, even when there's weddings. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple or any other platform, please rate and review the show. It makes a huge difference, and we need your help. Please and thank you. Bye-bye. See you later, Mike.